we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 161 weeks into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Up, healthy and alive, as usual. So we've got quite a bit going on, but nothing really pressing. Biden is over in Ireland or something, and he took, he, you know, he took Hunter with him. So I, I guess I guess our night scene and, and party scene isn't good enough. So he has to go to Ireland, which I mean, they the Irish, they do know how to party. I'll give them that. Yeah, it's a pretty country up there, but um, but. My my first assumption is because um, Hunter is uh, great at finding um, beneficial business deals uh, because of the Biden name. I'm I'm wondering who he's there meeting with and what business they're conducting. He is, according to Joe Biden, he is the smartest businessman he's ever known. Mm. Well, I mean, he did his company. Uh, what was it? Um, oh, what was that one? Rosemont Seneca. That's what it was. Did that uh, multi-billion-dollar deal with China that um, none of the other big, you know, BlackRock or J.P. Morgan or any of these others have not been able to negotiate with China? He managed to negotiate that with China. Now it had nothing to do with the fact that his dad was vice president at the time, and it had nothing to do with the fact that uh, Joe Biden visited China at the same time that Hunter Biden did or vice versa. It had nothing to do with that at all. Uh, it's it's because Hunter is just that good at business. That is true. Yeah, that is true. Um, Bruce, did you happen to catch the, um, was it the Easter egg hunt that they did at the White House? Did, did you happen to catch that? Uh, I, I, as much as I can, I avoid watching Joe Biden because I feel great shame when I see him interacting in the public eye uh, because that is the president of our country, whether we agree with the process or not. And this is what this is what we're showing to the rest of the world. And it, I, I just feel shame that this is what it is. So I try to avoid watching anything to do with him. It's what it's designed to do, to be fair. It's all part of that process of demoralization. This was Joe at the White House Easter egg roll, being asked by the one and only Al Roker from NBC News if he's planning on making a 2024 run. 
So th this is a fantastic event, one of my favorites of the year. I was just wondering, uh, uh, Mr. President, uh, will you be uh, taking part in the Easter egg rolls uh, after planning on after 2024? Well, I plan on <laughs> at least three or four more Easter egg rolls. At least three or four more? Maybe, maybe, maybe five. Maybe five? <laughs> maybe maybe so, six. So what the hell? Are, I don't you, know. are you saying that, uh, that you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll, either, so I'll, either, that, I'll either roll an egg or you know, being the, the good. The, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on, help a, help a brother huh? out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No. I, well, I, I plan on running out, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. All right. Well, I th uh -huh. so nice. We and just thank did. you for having well, us up here. Good to be here. Thank you, Dr. Have Biden. Fun. Uh, thank you, Dr. Biden. Yeah, um, he's planning on running, but he hasn't made an announcement yet. You heard him. Isn't that he's the announcement? planning on running? <laughs> he's planning on running, but um, I don't think his handlers are planning on having him run or the DNC. I don't think they want him to run because uh, it's uh, he, he's he's good for them because he's an empty vessel and he'll do as they say. But at the same time, um, the number of gaffes and everything, I just I'm I don't know. And honestly, how much power does he have in the DNC? That's my question, because he's doing all these mafia level business deals and everything across the planet. Um, well, well, how much control does he have in the DNC? I would say probably very little. He's just he he was promised those backdoor deals if he would do whatever bidding needs done. And now he's old enough and up there enough and most of the family's compromised that they can push everything off onto him and save everybody else's skin or at least, you know, to the you know, to to a certain extent. You might not be able to save Hunter's skin because of Everything that he's done in the laptop, you know, you, you might see something from that, possibly, if we can ever get some kind of a, uh, a justice department with some integrity. But apart from that, you can get him. You might start seeing states, though, Maybe, and yeah. when it comes to they might because uh, what was it? Arkansas, Oklahoma. I think there was uh, Missouri, Texas. There's a few uh, federal laws that were more well, state laws that were broken. Uh, when he was in those states. So it's possible these states could um, adjudicate. I don't know. We'll see. Um, it, it's been it's been pushed and the pushed by some very big names. And there's been talks behind the scenes uh, that I know. But whether or not there's going to be any kind of uh, legal action taken, I think there should be personally. If they're going to, if this is a zero sum game, um, which it is. Yeah. Let's start on a political witch hunt. Let's start hunting down some, uh, traitors and some communists and those kind of things and just start you know, pulling in politicians and start trying them. If you're going to, if you're going to try the, the, the last president for BS and not, if the DNC came out and said, uh, something on the lines of like, we do not approve of this at all, you know, and, and basically talked it down and just, just for show. And then took actual action to either stop uh, this DA or, you know, have him removed or something, put a lot of pressure on him. I'd be like, OK, maybe they're not quite wanting a zero sum game yet, but they're praising this. Everyone's praising this on the left. So and some on the right. So it's I think it's time that we start having a political witch hunt. If we're going to if we're going down this road, let's do it. We need to play by the rules. And by that, I mean not the Constitution, because that that has been broken, uh, that that's no longer you can no longer as much as I love it. We can't hold to the Constitution any longer because the left isn't. Yeah, the left doesn't care. So 
time we stopped caring and start going after the left like they're going after us. Is Just, this um, it, 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 again a zero sum game? I, I almost feel like it's it's the tactic. Um, we need to abandon the free market to save the free market. Kind of George Bush esque kind of thing is is that we need to abandon I, the Constitution to save it. That so there is no in the current rendition of it of the republic as we see it now. I don't think there's any saving it personally. There there is no saving the country as as we know it in my opinion. So what we need to do now is get rid of the rot and uh, reform the government, go back to the Constitution. Um, that's what I think we should be doing, not uh, trying to stick to the Constitution now and playing uh, nicer than God and all of that. No, it's, no, with, it's with time the, to start, you know, with litigation. the ultra left. Yeah, with the ultra left, it's total war. It is total unrestricted warfare with them. I know there's a book out there called Unrestricted Warfare, and it's all about China and everything. But you know what? If you actually read that book, and a lot of people swear by that, if you read that book, that's all about how to get us to disarm our nuclear weapons and for them to keep theirs. That's all about that. And you know what? I don't agree with that. I'm sorry. Now, I understand that the Chinese and the Russians are using and applying unrestricted warfare, as are the people that are in our institutions that have been compromised and our institutions that have been infiltrated. What we need to do to go along with your point is we need to set up a defensive stance at the moment because the communist bloc countries are on the move. If you hadn't noticed, we need to set up a defensive stance as we the people and we need to remove these infiltrators. That's what needs to happen. Otherwise, we will not survive. And that's all there is to it. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. We have been intellectually disarmed. I have been saying that prior to COVID, if anybody's been paying attention that long, when I was talking about communism and Marxism, I, I can't even just say communism, just Marxism. When I was talking about Marxism years ago on this podcast, I was saying you still have time. You've got to train your mind. We have been intellectually disarmed on purpose. So it's up to you, the individual, you to educate yourself. I can't do that for you. Bruce cannot do that for you. Anybody else we have on here cannot do that for you. That responsibility befalls upon you and the people within your circles and the people within your family, the people within your friendship circles and all the rest of it, your neighbors, your community, everybody else. If it all goes, and when I say it all goes, I mean, if, if these people continue what they're doing, we are looking at civilization collapse based on my study of history. I'm not an expert by any means. I'm just a novice. Some people may have differing opinions on that, but based on everything that I've looked at, that's what we're headed for if these people are not stopped. And if that happens, people within your local communities are going to be looking for a leader of some kind, and it needs to be somebody that has logical, reasonable, rational senses about themselves to be able to step up and take charge when there is absolute chaos to stabilize things. That's how you save lives. And so that's what people have to do. That's how it has to be. But to deal with this, we're going to need a Justice Department, right? And I'm still hopeful that we can do this within the confines of a legal system because I am a man of conviction after all. I believe in the law. But the problem is, is that you don't uphold the law by breaking it. And that's what a lot of these people do in these institutions, namely the FBI. Now, I'm not even going to get into uh, the enforcement arms in these other countries. We already know how they behave just as bad or worse as they do. But I'm picking on the American FBI because you idiots should know better. The FBI, the American FBI, is now considering people that use terms like based, which I didn't even know what that meant, 
until a couple of months ago. And Chad, as a sign of extremism. Bruce, you're a meme guy. Would you like to explain yep. to those, and myself included, what based and Chad means and why this is all of a sudden extremist by the FBI? Chad is a term also known as stud. Uh, we, we would have used that uh, in these parts as stud, an attractive male that uh, has no problems getting laid. That's basically a Chad. Whereas based that's usually uh, someone that takes a position that is contrary to what the political correctness is. So, for example, you know, strongly supporting or standing against what's politically incorrect. Uh, or, or so, for example, um, uh, let, let's say the, the whole transge transgender stuff and you stand up against that and say, um, you know, a man is a man, a woman is a woman. Right. That like there is no switching sides or any of those kind of things that that's based that, that that's kind of basically what okay. based is all right i'm just i'm trying to process this okay well a list of key phrases that they have mentioned already okay based being one of them and according to the fbi this is to mean something that is agreeable or cool and generally considered to be anti-woke they, they also generally anti-woke yes but yes. cool no that, okay. it, being cool is not necessarily like it's it's based in the sense of like uh, okay um, classical thinking some of the things classically thinking those aren't cool nowadays but some of those things are actually based uh, based on the definition so cool isn't necessarily that's one that could be true could be false it's kind of a yeah uh huh okay uh, the FBI says that this is a sign that someone has been converted to a racist ideology uh um not sure how race plays into that one but all right. Okay. I, I don't know. Bruce, do you like to grow tomatoes? You know, I mean, I, I like to grow tomatoes. That, apparently that's based. Yeah. And that's that's racist if you want to grow food, you know, if you want to grow oh, vegetables. Okay. Apparently, I, I don't know. Another term. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, interesting that they're they're tying food growth to that well, one. Well, no, 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 no. They're I, also... I'm not, no, no, no. They're not doing that. I'm, I'm doing that because that kind of goes along with something that's traditional that's not considered cool hmm. anymore, you know? Um, yeah. But, but it's, a, okay. it's a thing it, to be independent. It kind of is at the same. I mean, it's kind of... Yeah, being independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, and it's hard work. I mean, you, you've you've grown. You've you've done farming. It's it's that's hard work. Yep. It's not as yep. simple as uh, Mayor Bloomberg would have you believe. Oh, you just you dig a hole, you put a seed in it, you put some dirt on it, you put water on it. It's a little more mm -hmm. complicated than that, Mike. A little more. Just a little, a little more. More. Yeah. Uh, red pill is another term that the FBI says is a uh, it's it's controversial. You know, it's, it could be can be tied to racism or or of course this is an analogy that's taken from the matrix movies right yeah, the, the red pill the matrix. red pill blue pill yeah, yeah. Uh, according to the fbi this indicates someone who has adopted who has adopted racist anti-semitic or fascist beliefs so they're so they're actively trying to change the narrative of what this is they're actively trying to brand people that use this as these things saying you're red pilled has nothing to do with the fact that you're racist or uh, you know xenophobic or anti-semitic or any of those kind of things it simply means that you stop listening to the government propaganda that's basically what it is and you've woken up to um being in the machine chad was another term that we uh that, that we that we went over uh, according to the fbi this is a race specific term used to describe the idealized version of a male uh, race has nothing to do with it. It's just an idealized male. Yeah, that that's uh, that's uh -huh. fair. Yeah, I guess a, a good way to say it would be an alpha male. That, that's 
pretty close okay. to what a Chad would be. Gotcha. Okay, uh, Stacy, I've not heard of this one. Stacy, this is a um, this is a confident, usually very attractive female. Apparently, that's what this means. Uh, the, but according the female version of Chad. Of Chad. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, according to the yeah. FBI, um, this is an extremist, misogynistic term used by incels. What's an incel, please? So an incel is someone that is either incapable, basically incapable of getting laid. Women do not give them attention. I got so, you. Okay. So a loser. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. That's what we used to call that, them. That's when, the thing. We, we, were, we have yeah. names. Exactly. We have names for all of this from back in the day that we use. We just use new terms now because it's a meme. It's a joke. It changes every generation or so. It's, it's like a fad. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, looks maxing. I had, I've never heard of this, but okay. This yeah. is defined by the FBI as the process of self-improvement with the intent to become more attractive which is apparently another sign of extremism, but they don't explain why. So if you care about your appearance um, or health, uh, those two things would be looks maxing. Um, and that apparently is, okay, uh, extremism. Um, I, I guess because it's not really, it's not really tied to conservative or uh, leftist or any, it, it's just you care about your health and your looks, your appearance. Like you want to present yourself in a better way. I, I, you're bettering yourself. So I, I, yeah, anyway, looks maxing. Yes. Looks maxing. Okay. I'm going to have to remember that one. Anyhow, you've got the FBI that are going to enforce this. Uh, they're going to call you an extremist if you follow any of, of that mantra. Now, this is the same FBI. I mean, these are credible people, are they not? These are credible people. I half think that they're being used like this on purpose, you know, to, to showcase all this buffoonery that they do. Bruce, would you have believed that the FBI made a mistake when they arrested somebody? Would you believe that? Uh, not the FBI. They no, would never arrest no, someone. No, no, of course improperly. not. Now, th really. see, there was a there was just a little mistake, just a little one. The incident took place at a Boston hotel. Uh, there was a guest that was sleeping. At, I'm assuming you've heard this. Yes. Yeah. The training exercise one. Yes. Yes. This was. Mm. <laughs> there was a guest that was sleeping in his room at the Revere Hotel when federal agents began banging on the door, demanding to be let in. The agents then handcuffed this guy who had not done anything. He was just a hotel guest. He was just sleeping there. They put him in the room's shower and they interrogated him for more than 45 minutes before they realized they'd made a mistake. I would sue the hell out of those people. You wouldn't even have made it through the door, first of all, without a warrant, first of all. Second of all, I probably would have been arrested at that point, legitimately, because if you come in and start trying to arrest me without giving a warrant, you're kidnappers. You're criminals at that point. And uh, I'm going to defend myself as if you're criminals and kidnappers. Um, so I, yeah, they I probably don't, would be under arrest yeah, for they attacking don't mention, of an officer. Yeah, they don't mention what it was all about. They just say that the, uh, the, the field office has just said that they were mistakenly sent to the wrong room based on inaccurate information. But it was a training exercise. That's what I heard. It was a training exercise. Supposedly. Well, they say they say um, it was a training exercise, but then they made the statement that they were mis mistakenly sent to the wrong room based on inaccurate information. So it wasn't a training yeah, so exercise. It, it, it probably was a training exercise. They just were told the wrong information and the wrong. So in the training, we're giving you intel to go and investigate a certain area or whatever. And uh, they were given the wrong intel or it was worded wrong and they misunderstood or something. I don't know. It was, uh, it's what it sounds like. Uh-huh. You got something on some uh, supposed leaks of classified documents from the Department of Defense? 
Yeah, I, I was just going to bring those up because um, I, I don't know, haven't been able to read into them because, uh, well, I just haven't had the time, uh, to be honest. But we had, um, uh, and I've already forgot his name again, the uh, DOD spokesperson. Uh, that would be Mr. Uh, Mr. Kirby. I've got a clip of him here on just that. Again, without confirming yes. the validity of the documents, this is information that has no business in the public domain. It has no business, if you don't mind me saying, uh, on the pages of, uh, of uh, front pages of, of newspapers or on, on television. It is not intended for public uh, consumption, uh, and it should not be out there. But they're not their documents. If it's not your documents, then you shouldn't care that they're getting out there. And you wouldn't say that they're not for public consumption. Why did you say they were not for public consumption? That's the, the last part there, I think, was very telling that these were indeed actual documents that were leaked. And um, th this is very damning. And in fact, uh, some of the documents actually expose like uh, uh, agents and um, it, it, it is some of the stuff harming. Uh, but at the same time, oh, well, there was something on it. Let me see if I can find it here. The leaked docs revealed that the U.S., uh, U.K., uh, and France, Latvia, and the Netherlands all deployed special forces in Ukraine. 97, uh, to be exact, special forces. We know that the 101st, all of the 101st, is in Europe for the first time since the Second World War. We know that. We know that all of our supplies are being sent to Poland. That's what we know. But we haven't officially officially sent any troops into Ukraine. We do have, quote, advisors in there, as we call them. We do have advisors that are advising them on how to use certain equipment, training them on certain things. And we have been bringing some Ukrainians to Germany to train them. And we've been bringing some Ukrainians to the U.S., actually to the, uh, the military base that's not too far from you, to train them there. So who do we have in Ukraine? Or do we have anybody in Ukraine? Now, remember what Biden said. It was a news story for about four or five hours when he said, 82nd Airborne, he said, oh, well, you'll see when you get there. And he was talking about Ukraine. So do we have plans to send troops into Ukraine? Now, the other question is, do the Russians intend to move further? That's an interesting question. They're building trenches. The Russians are. They're pouring concrete. They're building bunkers. And they're doing that 50 miles behind the front lines, which would follow their tactics and strategy that they've used for, I, I think, since before the Cold War, where they advance. They advance to a certain point. Everyone's tied up at the front. And then they reinforce behind the line and then pull back. That's their typical strategy. Now, somebody tapped me on the shoulder this morning and told me they're hearing from their people within certain circles, they're hearing that the Russians are looking to invade Germany. Well, in order to do that, you would have to cross Poland. And in order to cross, you'd have to cross uh, Latvia and all the Baltic countries. You'd have to take all those in order to do that. And then you have to hold it in order to do that, which would be interesting. You know, a lot of people have misconceptions about nuclear warfare. That's the thing that's being pushed around now, right? Even Trump said that in his interview with Tucker last night. He said, oh, well, the, the world's not suffering from global warming. It's suffering from nuclear warming. Let's look at what nuclear weapons are designed to do. It's not designed to eliminate wholesale a population. That's not what they're designed to do. That's how they're sold to us. That's how we, the public, look at them. But that's not what their intent is. Even if every single country, the US, China, Russia, and every other country that has them, even if all of us were to lob nuclear weapons at everybody, first of all, 
you're not going to annihilate all life on this planet. It's just not feasible. Second thing, these are not dirty bombs like we dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. These are clean bombs. You're looking at 12, 14 days, depending on if, even if you're downwind. And you're not looking at contact detonation. You're looking at atmospheric detonations. So you want to detonate something a couple of hundred feet above a target, not in it. And these are hydrogen bombs. But these things, you know, people are all concerned about how you know Putin's moving uh, nuclear weapons into Belarus. We figured he was going to do that anyway. Quite frankly, I'm surprised that, that he didn't have them there already. He probably did. But I believe that those are probably just tactical nuclear weapons. The long range ICBMs, there's no point for him to put them there. But the idea is, is that these are to be used by a country, whichever country that is, to target an opposition's military facilities, their key military facilities, and to take them out. Hit a city or two, maybe, maybe, but they're designed to hit military targets. And when you take out the other country's defenses, then you dictate the terms of their surrender because you have the upper hand and their defenses are down. That's the point of them. Everybody else has this, this misconception of, oh, well, it's going to be this big nuclear annihilation. It's mutual annihilation, whatever. That's Hollywood. That's garbage. That's not what that's designed to do. You know, even if you look at it from the standpoint of these countries being able to annihilate uh, an opponent, say, example, um, let, let's take the, the current crisis in Russia and Ukraine. Putin cannot use tactical nuclear weapons. I'm talking about the, the short range, low yield ones. He cannot use them in Ukraine. Why? Because they're fellow Slavs and he would lose too much support at home. It cannot happen. So as far as as some kind of um, nuclear war and we're going to turn everything into this radioactive slag heap, that's nonsense. I don't buy that for a second and I'm not going to. I'm not going to give in to that kind of hype and that kind of hysteria and that kind of fear. Nor should anybody else with a level head who has an objective sense of observation. I'll just put it that way. So where does that leave everything else? If they cross into all of you, I mean, you have to obviously you have to take all of Ukraine. Then you would have to take Poland. You would have to take the Baltic countries, and then you would have to hold all that real estate before you get to Germany. I find that in their current state, I find that in, in Russia's current state militarily, I find that very difficult. I find it very difficult to believe. On top of that, if China makes a move on Taiwan, which we fully believe that they're going to, they're going to have to hold the blockade in the Pacific, and they're going to have to deal with Japan most notably. They cannot do that without Russian help in the Pacific. They've got to have Russian help. So I don't think, at least in the short term, I don't think that you're going to see anything come of that. The other problem we have is whatever equipment we have on the ground falling into enemy hands. This has already been a problem in Afghanistan. I would say that most of that was split up between China, Russia, Iran, and whatever Latin American or Mexican drug cartel decided they were going to take a flight over there and put dibs down and bids down on whatever piece of artillery, machinery and firearms, ammunition, tactical gear, whatever they wanted. That would be my best guess. But who am I? I, I guess I'm not an expert, though. I mean, I'm just I'm just a citizen, right? I, I'm just a, I'm just a civilian. What do I know? What do I know? Again, John Kirby from the Pentagon. Did we leave anything on the ground in Afghanistan? I honestly, I don't know. This idea that that we left billions of dollars of of military equipment on the ground. It's just it's it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. Once you turn it over, it's just like what we're doing in Ukraine. We give Ukraine 
uh, artillery ammunition, Stinger anti-air missiles, Javelin anti-tank. It's their stuff at that point, not the Americans. It's their stuff. That stuff belonged to the Afghans. And so this idea, this argument is just ludicrous that we left millions of dollars of stuff in Afghanistan. We didn't. We turned it over as the previous administration would have done too because part of their thinking was they were going to have to turn this material over. It was turned over appropriately uh, and carefully and deliberately with the Afghan National Security Defense Forces. So you see, this idea that we just, we left things on the grass, just, it's ludicrous. It wasn't even ours. You hear that? Wasn't even ours. True. It actually wasn't the government's to begin with. It was the people's because that was our money. So, yeah. All right. Off of geopolitics, unless you want to weigh in on anything that I said about what I heard this morning. Uh, I agree with the nukes. Um, I don't think, honestly, I don't think they're going to be using them anytime soon. That's a last ditch effort anyway. And on top of that, uh, the whole trench and everything, I don't necessarily believe Russia is going to push forward and go into Germany. Personally, um, maybe, maybe that's a long term goal. Um, but oh, I they're think too it busy is. right now. I, I uh, think with, it is uh, Ukraine and yeah, yeah. I th- I think it is a long term goal. But in the midst of this and what China has to do in the Pacific, that they need Russia to be a part of. You can't it's hold true. all that real estate on on another front like that. And then and if they're banking on these sellout, compromised infiltration networks that they have over here, oh boy, you people could have picked better people for this, couldn't you? Is this the best you can do? John Kirby, is that the best you can do? Macron, really? You're over there kissing G's ass? You ought to be ashamed of yourself, son. Your people think you're garbage. You went out and said that if you didn't get vaccinated, you're not a citizen of France. And you're kissing Xi Jinping's ass? You know what? I have to go back on what I just said. I can't say that the man's garbage because that's an insult to garbage. That's too good for the guy. Wearing a 90,000 euro watch and he's talking about how he's down with the people. Right. Sure. Also, some of the other hardware that we left behind. Uh, I imagine uh, if we left any any armored hardware behind, um, the Russians probably bought it up or China, one of the two. And they are currently dismantling to see what the composite looks like for the armor and uh, seeing if they can improve or counter our hardware. So I, I absolutely think they bought some of our stuff from them, if if only just one or two pieces. Well, we know that uh, Russia and China are in there in business with what well, the business like and professional Taliban. You know, they're they're in there doing business with them. But uh, again, you know, we're we're doing business. Uh, apparently, the, the, if you're a, a Western leader like Macron, you're doing business with an adversary. That's what you're doing. I don't think so. No. How do your people feel about that? Have you asked them? I don't think so. Have you asked any of the, the people in the French colonies? You know, the all those colonies you lost? Have you asked them? I don't think so. All right. Uh, off of geopolitics, on to woke politics. Bruce, did you catch the problems with Anheuser-Busch? Did you see that? Yeah, the uh, transgenderfication of your beer cans and uh, advertisements. Now, granted, the beer can was supposedly only a custom one specifically for uh, Mulvaney or whatever the hell his name is, um, yeah, apparently, but, uh, Dylan Mulvaney, is that what it is? Anyway, um, his name, wh- yes. whatever you got it. Right. Yeah. 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 His name. Yeah. It's supposedly that was just, uh, <laughs> celebrating his one year as being a woman, right? He is not a woman by the way. And then using him as advertising. Yeah. That, uh, I, I do hope they are losing a lot of, um, business, uh, because, um, 
as as the CEO or whatever she uh, is saying that she uh, decided to yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah chief of marketing, marketing. That's what it is. Yeah. And they went down this road because they were tired of it looking like a frat boy company or yes. to that effect. Something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. This is actually her mm-hmm. commenting on the matter. They've lost anywhere between six and eight billion dollars in sales already because of this little stunt. Well, I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when yeah. I took over Bud Light and it was... This brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like we Mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my what I brought to that was a belief in okay, what is what do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm-hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor and it was really important that we had another approach it was really important they had another approach you see and it was just it was out of date it was out of touch you know so you need to you need to reinvigorate that brand is what you need to do uh let me see lady you've lost that company billions of dollars in the last week because of your shenanigans and your nonsense you know what? I don't feel sorry for that. I'll go a step further and I'll say this. Anheuser-Busch, they're an ESG company that's on board with Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, by the way, if you didn't know. They have been more successful at running an Alcoholics Anonymous campaign across America than Alcoholics Anonymous. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it does seem that way. Uh, I would I would also recommend you make a better product uh, instead of changing your advertising. Uh, just make a better product and that will, you know, then you don't have to worry about, oh, it's, it, it's fratty and whatever the hell she was saying. No, why don't you just make a better beer and, you know, make uh, something that more people would enjoy? Maybe maybe that would do the trick um, instead of. Uh, trying to go down the woke BS road and and alienating uh, the majority of your um, customers. Yeah, no, <laughs> that, that's pretty stupid. I, I, I don't drink alcohol, but I definitely won't be drinking one of other products ever again. No, I cannot imagine that you would be. Uh, and I don't I don't drink either. And I, I certainly don't drink that stuff. They said that the brand had been in decline for quite some time. Well, then I'm sorry. What is the problem then? What you you want people to become bigger alcoholics? You you don't want people to to look after themselves. You don't want people to look at look at their own health and think, oh, you know what? I probably shouldn't be drinking all that beer. Could also have to do with inflation, but you know they're drinking something cheaper. Could be that too. I don't know. But when I heard that the brand was in decline, I thought, my God, it's good. People are starting to push the alcohol to the side. But then they did this, and I thought, well, that's going to be the end of that. Is there something cheaper than uh, Bud Light or Bud? Oh yeah, or Anheuser? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, they make they make cheaper stuff. Yeah, I uh, I don't know because you know, like I said, uh, I don't drink, uh, and in fact, the people that do drink in my family, it's very rarely on. They're not alcoholics. They drink maybe once in a while, maybe with a pizza or a hamburger or something like that. But nah. And to couple with this, the response of not just in it. Look, I, I really don't like these celebrities, but this individual and what this individual is about to say about this particular ad campaign and the decision by Anheuser-Busch, 
This reflects what a lot of people across America are thinking about exactly what that company did. This is Kid Rock. Listen to this. Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Fuck Bud Light. Fuck Anheuser-Busch. Have a terrific day. Bruce, what'd you think? It was great, but at the same time, uh, MP5 firing into uh, the cans. The problem is he bought those cans. Uh, what was it? Four cases that he bought. So he could not. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, he he is a celebrity and they have a whole lot of money and he could have already had all of that stocked up at his place for guest could have also barbecues. Been a sponsorship. And, yeah, could have been a sponsorship that too. That's a fair point. Uh no, I, I agree with his sentiment, um, but, you know, uh, a celebrity, you know, I, I don't really care personally, but, you know, like I said, I won't be I won't be partaking of uh, any of their products anytime soon. And honestly, I'm going to encourage family members and friends that do drink to, um, yeah, not not go with that brand. It's not just that company. It's also Nike. Nike Women's has done a, a campaign with this guy. Uh, for sports apparel, which is uh, it's kind of laughable if you think about it. And then you've got KitchenAid mixers. You know all those. You know those expensive mixers for your kitchen. Yeah, that. Yeah, those two. And I, I was seeing a whole list of other things. Intel, Microsoft, and, and all kinds of other co- like all these companies. And guess who is advising American CEOs and brands to endorse celebrities like Mavalny? Guess who is doing that? BlackRock, Vanguard and State Street. I don't know if you've heard of those companies before, those those financial institutions. I don't know if you have you heard I, of them? Uh whispers here and there, you know, but nothing nothing really. No, nah, that uh, they're they're pretty unknown to me. Yeah. Mhm. They have something called um a corporate equality index, right? So, uh that's uh, short is CEI, okay? It's a score. Right. Does it sound, sound familiar? It's a score. It's almost like it's social scoring for for corporations. Almost. It's kind of like they've rebranded the ESGs, maybe, you know, environmental, social and governance, you know, those things. Yeah. This particular corporate equality index, uh, the score is overseen by the Human Rights Campaign, which is the largest LGBTQ plus two I whatever political lobbying group in the world. So you see, they're over top of, of that. The human rights campaign, which strange, I, I, I never would have guessed this. They received multi, multi-million dollar donations from Open Society Foundations, which is a, that's a George Soros group, if you didn't know, uh, among many others. I'm sure you probably tie the Institute of Policy Studies in there somewhere. They issue report cards for America's biggest corporations via the Corporate Equality Index, and they award or subtract points for how well companies adhere to what the human rights campaign call ratings criteria. So businesses that attain a maximum of 100 total points earn the coveted title, quote, best place to work for the LGBTQ2 plus IA equality. 15 of the top 20 fortune ranked companies received a 100% rating last year. More than 840 U.S. companies are tracked and ranked on the CEI scoring database. That's according to their latest report. And again, BlackRock, Vanguard, and, and State Street, they're all for it. In fact, they're, in, they're encouraging companies 
to adopt this methodology. So this is the S in ESG. This is the social. The social. Um, yes. Credit. But part, then that's broken down into part. a subset. Yes. So this is their rating. Okay. So this is how their rating system works. Bruce, you're going to love this. This is the uh, the, the human rights campaign, a hundred point corporate equity index score. This is for companies to promote inclusiveness. Okay. This is from their report. Okay. So I'm reading directly from their report. Number one, Workforce protections. Okay, that's up to five possible points, which means no discrimination for employment for sexual orientation or gender identity. So that's the first step. All right, so you get five points for that. Inclusive benefits. Now, this is a possible 50 points. Okay, so you get 50 points for that. Now, what was it that it was a total of um, total of 100 points? 100 points is is the maximum rating that you can get as a corporation, okay? So this will this will take up half of it. If you're a corporation and you can hit all 50 points of this, then you're halfway home. Uh, inclusive benefits criteria includes providing health care for same-sex couples. I didn't know, by the way, I, I just, I wasn't sure. I didn't know that they didn't get it already. I'd never yeah, heard of they, that. They, they get healthcare just the same as everybody else. So yeah. Also, I didn't know this, uh, this workforce protections thing. I didn't know that there was no discrimination for employment for sexual orientation or gender. I, I didn't know that that wasn't a thing. Yeah, I, I didn't know that was. Now you might, you might, that might be a problem in like smaller businesses, you know, that, yeah. or even Christian businesses, they may not be yeah, okay. keen right. to, you know, but hire. Corporations. But no, this is corporate. This, this is corporate. Yeah, this is corporate we're talking about. Number three, supporting an inclusive culture. Now, this is worth 25 points, okay? An inclusive culture. Unless you love how they hit you with these words. This includes gender-neutral dress codes and trans-inclusive restroom facilities policies. So we're back to the bathroom argument again. So the, the dudes go into the women's... Uh, the women can go in the dude's bathroom and you are, allow women to wear pants instead of skirts. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't dress know. code like or do you allow the dudes to wear skirts and, and the, the women to wear that, pants? That's, that's it. Yeah, they can swap clothes. Number four, corporate social responsibility. This is worth 20 points. I hear this out of like Carista Freeland, you know, the, the deputy PM of Canada. I hear this out of her all the time when she's at the at the World Economic Forum, when she's chairing the meetings up there on the stage, when she says, look, all of you people up here, you, Larry Fink at BlackRock, you have a social responsibility. All of you CEOs do. This is what she's talking about. This includes marketing or advertising to LGBTQ plus 2IA consumers, which would include Nike, Bud Light's use of... People like Dylan Mavaldi. So that type of so this is the BlackRock. Yeah, this is the BlackRock. Cater to less cater to less than four percent of the population with advertising. Uh and and piss off like ninety percent of the rest of the population. Or even even only sixty percent. We'll we'll be kind and say sixty percent of the population gets pissed off at this. Yeah, that that's that's a great idea. Let's piss off hell. Let's let's have that and say thirty percent of the population. Let's get thirty percent of the population to hate your guts for what you're doing to gain four percent. Sounds like a great, great deal to me, doesn't it? Again, you have to consider where all of this is coming from. Number five. You will lose points for this one. Okay, so this is not gaining points. You'll lose points for this. You'll lose up to a possible 25 points. Responsible citizenship. So see, you, you lose points. You're going to love how they describe this. These are points that are deducted if a company gives money to organizations whose primary mission includes advocacy against the groups that you're being inclusive towards, like the LGBTQ plus 2IA, which is not defined, but you could include Christian groups in that is basically that's that's what they're targeting without saying that they're targeting it. Yeah, because we're typically against those groups. 
You want to, the thing is, is Christians are like, you want to do that? You want to be homosexual, transgender, LGBT, whatever. We don't care. We just aren't going to affirm your stance. We'll tolerate it because, you know, that that's your choice. We don't agree with it, but, uh, you know, you you do you. Uh, but and they're the, pushing the, it on kids. We're not going to they're push pushing, it. Yeah. And they're pushing it on kids. That that You know what? That that has been the turning point. And I, I hate to use that term now because of those idiots that have stolen that, that term in the U.S., these con- so-called conservatives, those showbiz people. That was the turning point. When you decided that you were going to force all this on people's kids in schools without the parents' permission, that's when it started. That's when it got to a point where it's just become out of control at this point. And you're doing public displays of naked individuals in front of children. That is not okay. I don't give a damn what your sexual orientation is. That is not okay. Yeah, dudes um, dangling their junk in front of kids and claiming no. to be women, and it's no, 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 uh, no, no, art. No, 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 no. And you know what? That doesn't say a whole hell of a lot about the parents that are actually subjecting their kids to that, that don't want to see that, by the way. You see videos. I've, I've lost count of how many videos I've seen of those poor children screaming. Screaming or just trying to uh, avert their eyes and the parents forcing them by taking away their electronic device or forcing them to look when they're covering their eyes or, you know, something like that, forcing the parent, the parents are forcing the kids to do that. Yeah. You know what? Uh, it's better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and throw it into the ocean than to do this to these kids. So that's just my opinion. No argument from me. A new bill in Canada would prosecute anyone who misgenders, criticizes, or protests against transgenderism. You will face a $25,000 fine and be subject to imprisonment if you are deemed to be transphobic, homophobic, or offensive. How does a government now, uh, because I, I, I don't get into legal trouble, so I don't understand, I, I don't know the, the, the mechanism for this, but how does a government force you to pay something? Um, do they just like dock it from your paycheck or something? Well, I think they do it under threat of imprisonment, and then they will eventually get to a point where they'll use somebody like the Criminal Internal Revenue Service, or as I like to call them, the International Robbery Service. They'll use a tax collection agency to garnish your wages. Oh, so they'll, they'll Okay. They'll just take so it from basically, you. so basically, you have to have a system of uh, finance that isn't associated with the government, like cryptocurrency, to really stick it to the government. In this case, isn't it interesting that every mm-hmm. time you have an individual that rises up throughout our modern history who advocates and promotes an individual way of making money outside of the system, they always end up with problems. It always happens that way. There was a U.S. president who signed an executive order to start the process, not to have it done overnight, but to begin the process of shutting down the Federal Reserve banking system in America. This process would have eventually led us back to the Congress being in control of the powers of the purse, which under our Constitution is where it resides. Congress has the power of the purse strings, not a private company who we don't even know who the owners are still to this day. After a hundred years, we don't know who owns it. We don't know anything about what goes on behind the doors of that place. They've never been audited and they control our currency and issuance of credit. The man who signed that order, his name was John Fitzgerald Kennedy. He was the last president to make an attempt to do so and he had a bullet put in his head. 
Now, you can go down several different roads about, you know, the, the whole conspiracy theory behind, you know, the magic bullet theory, the, the Lee Harvey Oswald, whatever. I'm not I'm not one of these JFK assassination conspiracy theory people, but I believe that the steps that the man was taking, they were putting us on the right track that we should have been on. Now, mind you, he was a Democrat. I'm an independent conservative. I mean, that's the best way I can describe myself these days. But I see what he was doing. Now, he, he did a lot of things. This was before my time, but he did a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have agreed with. But as far as policy and, and setting our people, we the people on the right track for the future, I agree with our domestic policies. We were on the right track or we would have been put on the right track. We would have been back in control of our money. We would have been back in control of our food and drink systems, right? I know that sounds kind of crude the way that I just put that, but I'm talking about the great national effort plan that he was getting ready to promote across all of our educational institutions in the United States. We would have had a healthy, fit, in-tune, knowledgeable public to be able to deal with these outside forces that want to see to our destruction. Instead, it's been a slow bleed ever since then. We didn't have a great national effort. We had the Great Society. We didn't have the reissuance of currency and credit from the United States Congress, where if they steal our money, if they misuse our money, not theirs, our money, then we can remove them. We can audit what they have done and we can correct it. We can't do that anymore. And now we're staring at a central bank digital currency because of it. So I'm, I'm not going to go down the road of any JFK assassination conspiracy theories, but I will call it a conspiracy against the man, wouldn't you? Yeah, especially when you find out that the uh, documentation does show that the CIA was involved with Lee Harvey Oswald. So now am I saying that, that they did that, that they, you know, orchestrated it? We don't know. We don't know because the documents have been blocked by the very same organization. And to that point, this is another question you have to ask yourself, Bruce, with our current research that we're doing, we believe that that is the time period, as in, you know, within that small window in there, that was the time period when we had already been reverse infiltrated within our intelligence communities. The people that were defecting from the Soviet Union were naming people within our intelligence community prior to JFK's assassination. So again, I will not call it a conspiracy theory, but I will call it a conspiracy. Agreed. We will go ahead and call this one done, and we will see you back here tomorrow with Marty. Bruce, I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone, and have a great evening.